Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Wednesday, December 16th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Republicans and Democrats have different opinions on what they want from the next Secretary of Agriculture. President-elect Joe Biden nominated former Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack. And so in some ways, I think that this is kind of a compromise choice. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports the compromise choice might just be making both sides angry. That story in just a few minutes. Missouri's health department has once again found many COVID-19 deaths that were previously unreported. Alex Smith has more. The health department on Monday found 208 deaths through analysis of death certificates that were not previously counted in the state's tallies. 180 of the deaths occurred in November, and most of the rest happened this month. The health department also reported 138 previously uncounted COVID-19 deaths two weeks ago. More than 4,700 COVID-19 deaths have been reported in Missouri. I'm Alex Smith. Nearly one dozen St. Louis public schools have a one-month reprieve from possible closure. Superintendent Calvin Adams has asked for a month delay to hear more from the community over the closing list, which includes historic Sumner High School. The district has been discussing consolidation for nearly a year. Adams is pledging to be back before the board with the consolidation plan next month. I will not walk away from those recommendations because kids' lives are too important. Adams says reducing the number of buildings will allow the district to hire more nurses and social workers and offer more advanced courses. SLPS has lost more than 90,000 students since the 1970s. Greater St. Louis is working on a new jobs plan that focuses on growth in the urban core that will also benefit the larger region. As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, the new economic development group is taking public comment on a draft until the end of next month. Greater St. Louis CEO Jason Hall has already gotten hundreds of calls and messages about the new plan. Some say it's a great starting point, but others argue it doesn't focus enough on the assets and needs of counties outside of St. Louis. Some critics say without addressing crime and poor performing schools, companies have no incentive to voluntarily move operations to St. Louis. Hall says he welcomes the feedback, but it's not realistic for the plan to include everything. The scope of this really is a jobs plan. It's what we can do to work together to grow jobs. It's not a public safety plan. It's not a K-12 education plan. Hall says those things all matter, but the focus needs to be on getting more jobs in St. Louis. And in the long run, he says surrounding areas will benefit too. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is proposing to cut the state budget by $700 million. More than a quarter of that would come from the state's human services sector. Pritzker says the reductions are needed after his plan for a graduated income tax was defeated last month at the ballot box. Because tax fairness was taken off the table, there will be a real human impact here. And while we've scoured the budget for ways to cause the least pain, I'm sorry to say that we simply cannot prevent these losses from touching the real lives of our residents. Illinois is facing a nearly $4 billion deficit. Even with those proposed cuts, the legislature would still need to take action to cut another billion dollars from state government spending. 
Tom Vilsack served as the Secretary of Agriculture during all eight years of the Obama administration. President-elect Joe Biden is looking to tap into that experience by picking Vilsack to return to the job. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports, Midwest farmers and activists across the political spectrum have some major concerns. Tom Vilsack isn't a farmer. He's a lawyer who grew up in Pennsylvania and moved to his wife's hometown in Iowa in the 1970s. He rose through the political ranks to become governor of the state and then went on to serve as secretary of agriculture. Keith Bockelman is a political science professor at Western Illinois University. He says Vilsack is a moderate and a safe choice. It looks like it's kind of um, somebody that Biden was comfortable with, clearly. And so in some ways, I think that this is kind of a compromise choice. A compromise that longtime Republican Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa is supporting. In August of 2019, Vilsack joined Grassley at an Iowa dairy to promote the new North American trade deal. Grassley said Vilsack is someone he can work with. When everybody thinks everything in Washington is uh, partisan and there's an opportunity to stress bipartisanship and with somebody of uh, Governor Vilsack's background, particularly as Secretary of Agriculture for eight years, it brings credibility to the chance that this is something that we can get done. But rank-and-file farmers of differing political persuasions don't see Vilsack that way. Larry Saylor is a semi-retired farmer who grows corn and soybeans on 200 acres in northern Iowa. Saylor voted for Trump and says he doesn't trust Vilsack because of his history of increasing government regulation on farmers. He says an example was Vilsack's support of more stringent rules to enforce the Clean Water Act. Those types of regulations don't really do anything to improve conservation, the quality of water or anything. So to me, it's just the regulations that are a drag on the economy, on farmers, basically on anything. Even farmers that voted for Biden aren't thrilled with the choice. Darvin Brantledge has 100 head of cattle and cornfields on his 1,200-acre farm in western Missouri. He says he expected more from Biden and that Vilsack is too cozy with corporate agriculture and allowed more consolidation in crop and livestock production, shutting out small farmers. He had uh, listening sessions where he wanted to listen to farmers, but, you know, they more or less turned into his promotion towards uh, more corporate control. Adding fuel to that criticism is Vilsack taking a job leading the U.S. Dairy Export Council after leaving Obama's cabinet. That trade group is seen as an ally to large producers. Another criticism of Vilsack is his lack of action to help black farmers. Jeanette Mott-Oxford is the director of policy at Empower Missouri, a food, shelter, and justice advocacy group. She says helping minority farmers is an issue that has gone unaddressed for too long. There wasn't much improvement uh, on that front uh, under Vilsack, and we, we would hope that uh, the Biden administration would commit to finally uh, making things right for black farmers. Mont Oxford says Vilsack was strong on the nutrition and food aid side of the USDA's mission, with increases to the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, especially during times of recession. But more left-leaning groups wanted someone even more dedicated to that cause and less focused on the business of farming. But political scientist Keith Bockelman says agriculture is an area where the Biden administration may need to seek middle ground and compromise more than pushing an ideological agenda. He says Vilsack, as a compromise candidate, can forge bipartisan agreements. It also becomes a matter of how effectively he can lobby Congress. When he was appointed the first time under President Obama, 
He was unanimously supported in the Senate, so I think he has a, some political capital in Congress. But first, Vilsack will have to be approved by a very divided and very partisan Senate. In Rolla, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Our friend Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.